You're listening to Danny and Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. We're going to have Jerry DePoto joining us here in just a second. His weekly visit with us. And in the weeks since the trade, we've seen a little bit of a roller coaster. But like the Mariners have throughout this season, it seems like they've corrected things. They win two out of three against the defending American League champions. They they went six and one against the Tampa Bay Rays. And now they go to the New York Yankees, who are one of the teams that they are going to be sort of fighting with down the closing stretch of this season. The bullpen... The, the the lineup looks deeper. I think we can say that for sure. I think the question is, how, is the bullpen as good as it was before the trade deadline? JT Chagois and Kel, Kendall Graveman both gone, but now you have Joe Smith and and Diego Castillo in there. And so far, you, you had a couple. You had two really tough results in Texas, but it seems like Seattle's shaking it off. Is it quantity over quality? I mean, you bring in you bring in two arms, and and look, losing. Charcois, I, I, I can understand why some maybe are upset about that. I know that that's been something that we haven't really touched on as much as we've brought up, that of Kendall Graveman and his departure. But I, I, I do think that by adding long-term to the bullpen, you did gain something. It's just a matter of, is Diego Castillo going to be able to maintain what he's been for the last three years or so? I, I agree with I think long-term this bullpen is better. Diego Castillo is a back-of-the-pen arm. And, and he's someone that you're getting because the Tampa Bay Rays, who are allergic to payroll, didn't, didn't, want to, didn't want to keep him through his arbitration eligibility. I think what we've seen so far, like getting Diego Castillo and having three more years where you have sort of the, you're making the decision on whether or not to employ him, I think, that's a, I think that's a really positive long-term step for this team. In the short term, Kendall Graham is a pretty good pitcher. And you, you saw that he pitched, was it? Two nights ago, not last night, the night before in Los Angeles. He's nasty. Like, he's a really, really tough relief pitcher. He's someone that is that is very difficult to go up against. Is your bullpen better right now than it was? I, I can't say that, but I also can't say demonstrably, oh, this is it, it's worse too. And I see the I see the long term decision making process. I think that's been pretty consistent. You brought in a great bat in Abraham Toro. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of potential here and just given the way that Jerry DePoto felt about Ty France, which he had told us about, they had been looking at him for a couple of years. I, I would be feeling pretty good about anybody that he's had his eye on for a couple of years, and Abraham Toro is is definitely one of those guys. Seeing the process that they followed too, which is to identify younger players who've potentially been blocked in other organizations. That was the case with Ty France, right? He's on a team that's got an infield that includes Manny Machado. And and, right. and Fernando Tatis and in Houston, when you're looking at Altuve and Bregman and the different guys that are there, finding Abraham Toro and bringing him here where there is a chance to play. It's paid immediate dividends. Jerry DePoto is with us here on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline. Jerry, thanks a lot for joining us. Hopefully, hopefully this week is a little less crazed than when we talked to you at this point last week where we were in the final 24 hours of the trade trading window. It would hard, be hard to imagine how it could be more crazed, but I, I, I would take less crazed is, is very much invited. Abraham Toro has had a great first week for the Mariners, and I, I know that acquisitions and deals like this are made for the long term and not for the immediate. The immediate, but still, it's got to be pretty gratifying to see that kind of production come when when he gets the end of, gets 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 an opportunity to play. And kind of this is what you had envisioned or hoped for from him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he's been everything we could have hoped for and more. I, I don't know if it's reasonable to expect that he'll perform at the 1,400, 1,500 OPS level for <laughs> forever, but he has been phenomenal, and he does a lot of really good things. You know, he's a, he's a switch hitter. He manages the strike zone really well. He's a guy who doesn't strike out much in an era where they strike out a lot. He's got power from both sides. He's got hitability from both sides, and he plays multiple positions. He's an above-average runner. And, you know, like I said last week when we when we had the discussion uh, in the midst of the trade deadline, that he was he was a player that we have pursued for quite some time. And, you know, when, when the shot's open, you have to take it. And we're really glad he's a Mariner. What's your process like for identifying players that are in other organizations that maybe are blocked from getting onto the everyday lineup? Because, of course, we, we had the same conversation, too, last year with Ty France, who was another guy that you had, had – your eye on for a couple of years you know and this uh, you could go all the way back to to the 2016 headed into 17 with Mitch Hanniger very similar process and it begins with our analysts and, and often I could say it begins and, and is driven by our analysts by Jesse Smith and Joel Furman and Spencer Weisberg and Forrest Diamond and, and our crew in the front office you know, Austin Yamada, they, they identify players by skill set. And, you know, they're looking at underlying data. They're looking at exit velocities. They're looking at trends in their offensive lines as players move from level to level. And we have a, a group of video scout analysts who, who then take that information. They, they couple it with, you know, video. And then we scout the players' lives. And, you know, that combination of events leads us to putting together a target list for players who make sense for us. And Abraham's been on that list for quite some time. We're talking to Jerry DePoto, our, our weekly visit with him. Jerry, we, we got, a, I guess, it's a little more than a third of the season left. There's four games in, at Yankee Stadium beginning tonight. What's your hope for this team the rest of the way? That we continue to compete the way we have. I, I think it has been phenomenal for for our group to have this experience at this stage in, in our development and, you know, to, to be involved even in a, in a, in a wild card pursuit and, and this kind of environment day in and day out in environments like we were just in, in Tampa or versus Houston now headed to see the Yankees. We'll see Toronto in the next homestand. You can't replicate these, these situations just by snapping your fingers and, We've put ourselves in a position where these games mean so much for us, not just for the results in 21, but what it does to help a young group gain experience that will be incredibly valuable moving forward. We're hoping for some reinforcements to be back on the field in the near future. What can you tell us about Kyle Lewis? So Kyle, we're hopeful. You know, he's now taking – he's doing baseball activity. So, you know, he's, he's hitting down in the cages and, and starting to, to go through some more explosive athletic movements. We're hopeful that we have him back by month's end, but you know, again, we are not going to put a, a hard date on it quite yet. But we are, you know, cautiously optimistic that it's moving along at the right pace, which is a really good thing for us. I, I think that gets lost in the wash a little bit. Is that we at some point we will get last year's rookie of the year back. We did just get back Jake Fraley, who's who's rocking a 400 on base, and and sometime when we get home in this next homestand, I believe we'll see Justice Sheffield, and and Justin Dunn is probably not too far behind. Jerry, what have you learned about your team? I was asking what you hoped for. What 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 has this group shown you? We're more than 100 games into the season. What what have they shown you so far? 
gritty group. They're a gritty group. They don't give up. Uh, fast learners is the best way to put it. And you know, it, it's sometimes because these have been names that we have spoken about for a number of years now or that have been on prospect landscapes or who've been learning in the big leagues, it's sometimes easy to forget how young they are. <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, it's, we are one of the youngest teams in the league and watching them grow and bounce back and occasionally get punched in the nose and then get up off the mat and, and charge back into the ring. It's, it's been so fun to watch and a refreshing style of baseball. And, and again, I think that's going to, to portend bigger things as we move forward. You've talked to us over the course of the year saying that young players don't necessarily progress at a linear pace. They don't get better incrementally day by day, that there are leaps at certain parts. I'm not asking you to identify the guy who's made the biggest leap, but who's someone that you've seen make make one of those jumps over the course of this season? I think there's a few of them. One, and and we can't really express that that we had a lot to do with it, (laughs) is Chris Flexen and and his re-entry uh, into Major League Baseball after spending a year in Korea. He has delivered and, and been terrific for us. And and that's kind of the, the nonlinear development that, that we're talking about. He's 26 years old. And, you know, we're playing his 26-year-old season. I believe he just turned 27. But uh, he has made huge strides for us. We've seen a big step from Jake Fraley. And, you know, where Jake was over the course of the, the previous calendar year is is not even close to where he is today and you can see it in the confidence in every single at bat which is you know for us it's a huge win organizationally and for him personally he's he has established himself as a player who can be a major league regular and and do things to help championship teams win as far as that grittiness that you mentioned how much credit does scott service deserve for that and i guess when it comes to what you do in the front office and what he does in the clubhouse. How does your relationship work with him, especially through a week that, as we both know, was rather chaotic last week? Yeah, I think it, to answer the first question, Paul, it counts a lot. Scott has been awesome in the clubhouse, and, and I don't think that's a new thing in 2021. This is what Scott has done since he's been here, really, is – he has made adjustments on the fly. He, too, uh, in the early years, was learning as he went. And, and I think now you're seeing, you know, the full mature version of Scott as a major league manager. And, and I feel very confident that, that the way our clubhouse works is a reflection of his leadership and, and in a lot of ways his personality. He's gritty. He wants to dive in. And, and I think you saw it in the, in the Houston series. I think you saw it in the Oakland series. He's got that, you know, which is a lot of fun. And, you know, what we do as a general rule is it, our relationship, we will talk through the, the, the way the roster works, what we need, what we have, how we might, you know, put the players in the best position to succeed. And when it comes time to make a lineup, when it comes time to, to, to make pitching changes, when it comes time to manage the clubhouse space, that's his job. And I don't get in the way. And, and when it comes time to, to manage rosters and, and, do the things that, that we do in the front office. It is very much a collaborative effort, and Scott is part of every decision and move that we make, and he's there on the front end of it so that nothing takes him by surprise. He is Jerry DePoto, uh, Mariners general manager, team 2-1, uh, and one, went 6-1 and one against the defending AL champs this year on to New York where they'll face the Yankees beginning tonight. Jerry, we always appreciate your time, and we're looking forward to seeing what your team does this weekend. 
Yeah, me too. It's it's going to be a fun weekend. You know, this is this is a chance to go in. To, you know, the biggest stage. It's New York and a, a pennant race in August, and that's a great chance for for really experiences you can't find anywhere else. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a blast. Yeah. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks, we'll talk Jerry. to you next week. Thanks, guys.